Hey there, romance readers and kinky friends. We would love to keep the discussion popping on Instagram. Head over to romance at glance to play with us and recommend our next book. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you say? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to Romance at a Glance. I'm Bridget, and joined by my beautiful host, Shawnee, as always. Hello, Shawnee. Hello, Bridget. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right today, Bridget. Are you ready to talk about Gentleman Sinner? I am so ready to talk about this I book. I have to tell everyone that like, it has been so hard not to text you and call you about this book. I mean, we've been texting and calling about other things, but I really wanted to be talking about this book with you all week, and I've been biting my tongue as we've been setting up. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. So, so many thoughts. And like, it's funny because I, as soon as I finished this, I was like, I know exactly why Bridget had so much to talk to me about. Mm. And in general, the way I get around not talking to you about a book is telling you that I really want to talk to you about yeah. a book. <laughs> that's like, so I'm prepped. That's <laughs> prime. I'm like, I want to talk about this. And that's how I like ease the tension of not being able to talk yeah, about it. Right? I have to tell you that I want to talk to you. <laughs> I just have to get that off my shoulder. And have like full crazy eyes yes. when <laughs> when you say it. Yeah. So today we're talking about Gentleman Sitter, who was written by Jody Ellen Malpas. Um, she has written quite a few books, actually. Um, this book is a standalone, um, but she was the author of the This is a Man series or something or... I think that was a series. Yeah, anyway, so. so she's she's definitely been around the block. Um, we picked this book because it was one of the Audible like recommends books in the romance category, and the score was super high. It was like four and a half stars. Yeah. And so we thought, oh, that sounds like a win. Let's do that. And dear you- listeners, what the actual fuck were you all <laughs> reading? Because four and a half stars, this book was not for me. Not four and a half stars. You know what? Not for me. Not not one star for me. No, <laughs> no. I did not enjoy this book at all. And it's so funny because this is the first book where I struggled to get through. If we weren't reading it for this podcast, I would have not read the whole I book. I would have quit. Yeah. Like a third of the way through, I would have been like, I don't care. I wouldn't even have made it a third. I think I started chapter one, like, or one or two or something over and over at yeah. least 10 different times. Yeah. And it's a long, everyone be prepared. If you're going to read this book, it is over 300 pages. It's a marathon. It is a long, long book and nothing really happens, which is tough because if you have a middle, like the middle, like half of the book, almost nothing happens. It's it's insane. And a lot of the writing gets repeated over and over. The tropes that keep getting used over and over. She keeps saying over and over like... He's my safe space. I just feel so... I don't know why, but I feel so safe around him. And I'm like, we get it. Move on. Move on. Bridget, read... The, can, can you just, can you just yeah. tell us what the let synopsis me, let me, is? Let me give you a synopsis. Let me just give it to you. Izzy White knows of the darkness in this world. After all, she escaped it long ago. Did she escape it? <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Determined not to let her past beat her, Izzy has a secure, stable life with a job she loves in nursing. But one act of kindness will completely upend everything she's so carefully built, putting her right back in the crosshairs of danger she's been desperate to avoid. When Theo Kane shows up like a knight in shining armor, Izzy can't help thinking she's been saved from one threat and exposed to another. His imposing physique, the harsh lines of his face, and the wariness of everyone who comes close are just a few clues to Theo Kane's notorious reputation. The man is positively terrifying, but with Izzy, he's tender and a complete gentleman, and her fascination with the mysterious beast of a man becomes too powerful for her to walk away. As Theo's demons come to light, running becomes even more impossible. What? And yet, (laughs) staying together could doom them both. It couldn't doom them both. 
part A. I would like to start with, I was doomed for reading this book. I was doomed. You were doomed. I was set up for failure. I was set up for failure. <laughs> Let's quickly cover the cover art because okay. I feel like it didn't make any sense to me. So it has a cage, like a beautiful, ornate, antique bird cage yes. with no birds in it or anything. It's just a cage yeah. and a little cage door. And so I'm thinking this is going to be an S&M book where someone is like controlling someone else and like putting them in a cage mm -hmm. or it's going to be like something along those lines is kind of like I thought it was gonna be like darker yeah. in many respects than it was but that is not what I was delivered I, I so I definitely thought it was going to be um like a BDSM or, or you know sadomasochism or you know dominant type of book um dominant submissive and the cage the cage actually made me think it was um, an older book than it was. Mm -hmm. Different time period. Yeah, I thought it was a different time period. And then like the British accents in the very beginning. So I literally set it in place in my mind in the past. And then quickly- yeah, you were thinking like early 1900s or yeah, something? Yeah, and then quickly had to uh, to re- When they were in the hospital, I was thinking literally of like a GI's, like the old- <laughs> <laughs> Cutting limbs off and shit <laughs> in World War One. World War One. <laughs> That's literally how my brain set it up. And yeah. then as they were talking about, we're going to Vegas. And I was like- Vegas, Vegas, and on I, an airplane, and, I, and, I, and then I had to like reassess them, rebuild the world. Yeah, <laughs> in my mind. Yeah, I didn't even realize that it was set in London until like because the the dialogue was not British except for a couple words. Yeah, so obviously you were listening, so you were hearing the accent, but I did not hear the accent. I didn't even realize they were in London until like chapter four, and I was like, oh. I must have missed that because <laughs> someone said arsehole or something. And I was like, why would you even write it? Like, it's a little weird. I didn't like it. It was a weird. It really was a weird setup. And uh, like I, the British accents just made me honestly, because I'm so used to historical too. Like I was like, oh, okay. It's, it's historical, but right. it was not no. historical. And I don't think there was enough references at first to let me know no. that it was modern day. No, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. So basically the the book premise, like the how it all sets up is she's a nurse. She finishes a long shift. She's walking home and takes a shortcut through a dark alley of now we know London. And she hears a woman scream. And so she decides to go back and help, even though she her internal monologue says, like, I know I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I can't let a woman like be in danger. Or yeah. Cause and I'm like, OK, cool. Like yeah. you're you're a badass heroine. I'm down for this. She she does not help, really. I mean, she <laughs> almost gets raped by the same guy who's trying to beat up and rape this other lady. Mm -hmm. And then out of nowhere, like, a Bentley pops up <laughs> with two humongous. They talk about how huge these guys are, like, yeah. over and over. Two huge guys come out, and they, like, beat this guy up badly and then carry the girl into the car. And then um, and she basically, like, invites herself into this Bentley with these very scary men that she's describing who are beating up this other scary man who almost raped her. Yeah. Because she's a nurse and she can't let her go. And she says, you have to take her to the hospital. And, like, we're not going to. And she's like, then I'll come with her. And I'm like, motherfucker, where's your self-preservation? That's a terrible idea. Like, and I'll give you this gun so you feel yeah, safe. Yeah, and he's, like, going to give her a gun so she feels safe. And I'm like, the fact that you have a gun makes me feel quite unsafe. Which she says and yeah. then gets over. And, and she's like, but she's fine with it. She's like, oh, it makes me uncomfortable. But also, for some reason, I feel so safe with him. This is literally like the very beginning. And she repeats that theme throughout. It makes no sense, but I feel safe with you. And I'm like, it does make no sense. Stick with that. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so they go to the house. Stick with that. She, they go to the house. She helps, uh, you know, make sure the girl doesn't have a coma and yeah. sort of nurses her and whatever. Very altruistic. 
And basically in this time, he has now become obsessed with her. Yeah. To the point that he goes to her work, is it the next day or something, and stalks her. Yeah. And, and he's like, I'm going to pick you up. comes into the hospital and is crowding her and walks out. He does not know her. He like, remember he like walks out and he's all close to her and that old lady's like, yeah, get it, girl. And, um, <laughs> but like, realistically, I'm like, no, he's a predator. Where are the he's, cops? Cause like, he was he a predator. forces her to leave with him. Yes. And says like, I'll pick you up. Like you're coming with me so, no matter what to have dinner with me. That fool was so rapey. She says no a thousand times. Yes. I don't want to have dinner with you. I don't know you. This makes no sense. No, I don't want to call you. No, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But, like, he doesn't care. He literally says, I don't care because I'm obsessed with you and I get what I want. And I'm like, okay. There was, there was nothing to me sexy about his dialogue. No. I was like, these are all red flags and they red feel like red flags. Fl- well, at first I was like. They're beyond red flags. So let me let me tell you a story about how bloody pool. the whole first third of this book, I was like, maybe it's a supernatural book. <laughs> 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 because they kept talking about how he was like so huge. he was so huge and he's like you know clearly has a past and no one will touch him and everyone's afraid of him and I was like oh duh he's obviously some demon lord or some shit like and that's why no one will touch him or get near him yeah. and he's obsessed with her and I'm gonna be able to forgive it because it's some sort of like intrinsic like demonology or vampire thing or yeah. whatever I literally thought that through for sure the first third <laughs> even halfway through I was like it could still come up it could still save this book <laughs> if this is not a human being. And yeah. it turns out that was not the case. He is a human being. So then he forces her to have dinner with him. Yeah. Which is just, again, rude. She just had a 12-hour shift. And she's like, okay, cool. Well, this was nice, but I'm going to go because I'm going to Vegas with my friend, like, in a day. Yeah. And she leaves to go to Vegas, and he's like, where are you? When he calls her, she's like Vegas. And he's like, why didn't you tell me you're going there? Cause she's like, I don't know you bro. I don't know you. Man. And I was like appropriate. That's an appropriate response. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't, why would I tell you? I don't know you. And then he shows up. Reddest flag in Vegas. Flag on the plane. Flag on the plane. London. <laughs> shows up with his bodyguard, best friend in London, chastises her for wearing a sexy swimsuit. I mean, tells her to cover up. Tells her she is having dinner with him. No, and in she's his like, suite is when was a he like his, in his suite. His bodyguard take her out came, to dinner. Yeah, and was like she's like I think we're going to his room, not yeah. to like dinner. Yeah, and and at no point does she go like I'm not going in this suite by this myself. Foot, this foot is down, like Bridget like to say. This foot is down. I have said no. Foot the down. foot foot down. Yeah, nothing's I'm changing. On girl vacation. <laughs> Put down. And then how rude is it that she just dips from her homegirl? You so flew rude. to Vegas with your homegirl so and left her. You left her drunk, passed out, and then you didn't even answer your phone. So now she left you like dead or something. Also, she knows that you've been raped in the past. So she knows you have a sexual traumatic history. So, of course, her mind is going to immediately jump to the worst conclusion. Yeah. As it should. And she's a good she's your friend girl. and she's worried about you. And like, sh- considering that she talk so much about um, the hospital being her safe place and having her routine and building her life up and not wanting to be scared and all this other stuff. Like, you go into a strange man's hotel suite where there's two... It's not even one guy. There's two guys there who are both obviously way big enough to overpower you, separately or together. And, like, you're not like, oh, I've already had a horrible experience. Maybe I'd like to meet in public. It makes no sense to me. I mean... It makes no sense to me. Like, 
I, there are so many points. Bridget, eh, I first off, again, readers, we're in the first quarter of the book. I have to tell. I have to be honest, man. I I skipped so <laughs> much in this book. Good. Like I was like, and then I would skip a whole chapter, and nothing would, would nothing have happened. happened. No, like nothing like, happens during the middle third of this book. And then I hate that. Uh, I mean, I'm not mad at a trope where like a guy saves a girl. No. I mean, it's used a lot, and I like alternatives, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah. But he had to save her from physical altercations like a shit ton Numerous of times, times in this book. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. Like why are we using this same over and thing over. to to drive whatever? Yeah. Why is he always looming? Always. Looming. I mean that that I mean in the book I was scared of him mm-hmm. as a loomer. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I honestly was like, what is gonna happen here? You know, I was like, who? Is at the end he's gonna mm-hmm. murder her? Like Well, so and it's weird. Okay, so he ends up we find out having this phobia where like no one can touch him without him like being aware it's coming. So like yeah. anytime she wants to touch him, he like grabs her hands and like puts them on his shoulders or whatever so that he knows it's coming. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like you don't find out why until the last fifth of the book. Like yeah. same with her her past trauma. You don't find out until the very, very end. And I'm like, it's from her point of view. We should have known from her internal dialogue what happened at the beginning of the book so yeah. that we could know what's going on with her. And we don't. And it's very annoying. But so he ties her up in bed so that her hands can't like accidentally grab him. And then he might like react and attack her or something like yeah. that. And I was like, OK, sure. I guess if she's into that. But she's actually not into that. And she says <laughs> numerous times. She even asks him, can you not tie me up today? And he's like, you know the rules. You know how this is going to go. And I'm like, the fuck kind of nonsense is This that? is like the biggest like toxic like so relationship. Toxic. <laughs> if you can even call it that. It almost feels one-sided. But like it's completely toxic. It's – I know – I so this type of book, I'm not sure um, – I think this book was released – at the beginning of this year, or at least on audio it was, mm-hmm. so either in the last two years. And so there's a running theme of these books, right? Where after Fifty Shades of Grey, authors are just racing to turn out these like BDSM, DS type style books. However, they are not at all in the in alignment with the kind of rules and regulations around BDSM. So they're really just rapey. They're really toxic relationships. Yep. And they are not anything um, that you would expect or a BDSM relationship to really look like. Yeah. It a little bit scares me because I know how many people read these books uh-huh. and I don't want them to be in a relationship like this. No. Um, <laughs> if you say don't tie me up and someone ties you up, yep. that's fucked up. That's fucked up. That's like, that's, being that's tied a crime. Up, yeah, being tied up is... It's supposed to be fun for you, and it's supposed to be a consent thing and a trust thing. If it ain't fun. If it ain't fun. You know. Well, at one point, like, later in the book, he says, like, okay, turn around and grab the headboard. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a perfect solution to not wanting to be tied up. <laughs> Bingo. She's not tied up. Her hands can't touch you. <laughs> Solved it. And doggy style is one of the best styles. Exactly. I mean, come on. Come on. That's why all the animals are doing it like that. Exactly. They're smart. They just get to it right from the yes. jump. <laughs> they just go right in there. Coming in hot. And uh, I, I hated that her internal dialogue would justify the bad behavior. Yes. Like, she would be like, no, 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 no. But he was just so hot. And he was so big. And I couldn't resist him. That doesn't justify him being... Like abusive Mm-mm. and rapey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, and he like does other terrible things too. He gets yeah. her fired. Yeah, because he like throws a f- like a tantrum, a little and, bitch like, fit. Yeah, and then yeah. yells at her boss and scares her and gets her fired. And I'm like, way to go, brah. And then he also 
invites her rapist to his club yes because he wants to confirm that indeed that is the guy that she's scared of but he doesn't do it in a way where like he confides in her and says hey i want you to look out from behind this protective bulletproof glass and point this person out to me yeah like he doesn't do it in a way that would make her feel safe she literally gets pulled into an alcove by the rapist in front of this guy and all his security guards they don't see it and he's like about to rape her and he slaps her in the face and pulls her dress up and he's he's palming her he got way too far he got so far so fast i was like that man I mean, this boggles my mind. Like, this is... Yeah. I mean, I'm like, where is her self-esteem in general? Because to me, to let all this happen, you must have zero... So you have wait, to are have, you talking about with the rapist? Or wait? No, no, I'm talking about the, the main character, right? Like, like all the things that... That um, he does Izzy, to her. Well, Izzy is letting all these things happen. Oh, yeah. And then when it gets to this end point where he lets her uh, rapist in there, yeah. and when that one... He knows that she's uncomfortable with this person and uh-huh. he doesn't have complete eyes and control of the situation. No. Bitch ass move right there. Yeah. That to me, you know, I'm just like, oh, uh-huh. what is this? It's infuriating and it's also contrived. So both so parts of my body hate contrived. it. I'm like, the author contrived. Like, that would never happen. Thing. Yeah. So and then, you know, that it got so far and then, then now he's going to kill this guy and whatever. I'm like, you did that, man. Mm-hmm. Bro, this is your mistake. Mm-hmm. Like, and then she's... Yeah, and then he takes the guy like, into the ring, into the fighting, because he runs an underground bare-knuckle boxing MMA fighting cage. And he, like, basically he did it because he wanted to confirm that guy was the rapist so that he could be feeling justified in killing him. Yeah. And, like, beating him to death. Even though she's standing there saying, please don't do this. Yeah. And and I really feel like and that was the other thing. She and the just, cop husband of the mom was like, "I can't cover up another murder." And yeah. I was like, "What is happening? What is happening?" This also, book? cops cover up murders. I, get I it, but like, you know what this book is to me because I've read other reviews. First off, uh, there's no way that the, it says four point four stars on Audible. Yeah. Lies, lies. Those are all bot reviews. I don't believe it for not one damn instance. And, but but two, on Goodreads, it's over four too. What the fuck? She's she's stacking the deck. Somebody's stacking the deck yeah. here because. Like, and everybody says that her other series, like, even in the reviews, everybody's like, this is one of my favorite authors. I don't believe she wrote this. That is literally in the reviews Mm. on Audible. And they're like, this can't be the same author of this series that I read. This was an amazing series. Some imposter wrote this. (laughs) So this book to me is, you know, when like, I don't know, Justin Timberlake or somebody gets locked into an album contract, they got to deliver three (laughs) albums before they can get out of their contract. So they they create like a bullshit ass album to hand to the record label so they're free and clear. That's what this book is right here. She needed to get out of this contract. She owed them three books or some shit. And she's like, fine. You want it? I'm going to give you a book that I'm literally just going to write in an endless stream of consciousness, not edit not it. Not edit it. Not get an editor. Where was her editor? At all. Like, where was your editor? Yeah, because I would have cut out 100 pages of this book. Fire that person. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. If this was me and I wrote this book, I would quickly take it off the shelves. If I, like, maybe I didn't realize it. I was, you know, going through a rough time in life. Maybe I was on medications that made me a little bit loopy. I don't know. I would immediately pull this off the shelf. This is one of the most terrible books that I've ever read. And it was, I actually read it at, towards the end, I read it backwards. So I, I did because I was so desperate to end, it. to end it. Like when I had started skipping, I was like, you know what? Let's skip to the end. I listened to the last chapter and then kept going back chapter by chapter mm-hmm. by chapter. And it was very easy to do because nothing happened. Nothing happened. You're just adding information backwards. 
Yeah, it was a mistake. I, I think it was my choice at the end of the day to do this book. I was like, let's pick one from Audible. And Bridget was nice. She was like, yeah. But I was like, oh, I should. I need more research. But also, <laughs> reviewers, you gotta you gotta tell people. Yeah, you gotta okay? be honest. You gotta I'm be sorry. honest. You gotta it's be like, honest. It's like when the your. Which it's funny because like I it, it part of me is, feels bad because I'm like she wrote a book like yeah. props like finishing a novel props anyone who finished super hard super 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 hard. However, not your first book. You have a successful other series, which, again, like you pointed out, people like. So presumably those books are better than this one. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me that your editor and you didn't tighten this up. Like, here's a big glaring example of, like, this whole book is not in the same edited world. Yeah. So at the beginning of the book and all throughout it, she talks to her friend in very vague terms, her best friend who she lives with, about Mm -hmm. what had happened in her past. So we're given a glimpse that clearly it was sexually traumatic Clearly, there was physical violence involved because she has a lot of scars on her stomach. Clearly, uh, she talks about being afraid and standing up for herself and being able to take a hit. She says that numerous times. Like, I can, you know, it's I can just disassociate myself after all I've been through and blah, blah, blah. So in my and her friend even says, uh, you weren't really a stripper. You're more of a slave. So in my mind, all of those things together led to were not one sexual rape encounter or violence encounter, but like a systematic something like somehow she was a teenager. Cause you find out she starts stripping at 17 yeah, and they took advantage of her. And she was like repeatedly raped over the course of presumably months, if not years and presumably beaten constantly mm-hmm. and abused constantly over the course of a, a long period of time, which I'm not saying I want that for a character or anyone, obviously, but that is the story they set up. Yeah. And then at the end of the book, when she finally confesses to Leo what happened, which she kind of has to because he like brings her rapist to the bar, which is bullshit. It turns out that this guy was a regular at the strip club, that they only had one interaction outside of the strip club in which he raped her, beat her, and he had a knife pulled on her so that he could rape her. And he said, if you move, I'm going to cut you. And she was struggling and he cut her stomach, which left the scars. And then she went to the hospital. And after the hospital, she, like, deleted all of her numbers and all this other stuff and hasn't seen him since. Yeah. And I'm like, that is horrendous. Don't get me wrong. Horrific. However, that does not make sense when your friend says you were almost a slave. Yeah. Because I'm like, no, she was a stripper who got attacked. And, again, that's terrible, but that doesn't make you a slave. And, like, she's talking about how she can, like, disassociate from being hit. And I'm like, I don't think that's something you develop in one encounter of being hit. Maybe it, I mean, no, maybe it, it is, I no, guess. No. I don't know, but that doesn't seem right. That At least it didn't ring true to me as I was reading. And so for me, when we got to the end, I was like, really? I mean, it almost felt like a... The data isn't... The evidence isn't yeah, matching the data. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, he attacked you once? Like, not that... Again, that's not horrifying. But I'm like, that doesn't, that's not what you set up this whole time. Like, that's not the story you told me. No, it's like it, the story that they're telling. The reason it's we're sitting here with this, the most confused looks on our face as we talk about this is because they give you this information that sets up one world. And mm-hmm. then what's happening, what they actually make happen in the world is not connected. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. feels very disjointed. So yeah. it's like. Yeah. Same with his story. Because, like, he doesn't let anyone touch him, including his mom. Yeah. And then at the end, you find out it's because his dad used to, like, physically abuse him and beat him and his mom. And he would hit him all the time out of nowhere to try and toughen him up and all this other stuff. And so he started, like, flinching every time someone would come at him. And then one day his dad 
attacked him and he was like, I don't know, 18, 20. I don't know how old he was. If they said it in the book, I forget. Something but, like that. Um, and his dad like came at him from behind and he like lost it and beat his dad to death. And that's like why he can't let anyone touch him anymore because it like kind of flashes him back to beating his dad to death. And I'm like, okay, cool. So you set that up. And I get why you wouldn't want to tell someone that you recently started dating. P.S. I killed my dad in a fit of rage and beat him to death. Um, but I also feel like that's not something that you just get over. At the end of the book, he's totally over it. First of all, when she was like, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw what the balls at you or socks yeah, at you or something. Tennis, tennis balls, balls at him, and I'm like, that's not gonna work. Like and then I mean, it, they could, who knows? And then they I'm wrapped it doctor, up real neat when they were like, and so they, they had like, a baby. And I got over it. She got pregnant on birth control. Happens, happens actually um then they have the baby he decides to be a stay-at-home dad he's worried that the baby will cause some reaction which it doesn't which that makes sense to me because babies like can't sneak up on you when they're babies and stuff so like that <laughs> makes sense to me but she's all they've also overcome all of his trauma in his, the bedroom yeah and aren't using cuffs anymore also his friend though was touching him touched him on the shoulder I don't know if you caught that when the yeah. baby was there. And I'm like, oh, so it's just everyone can touch everybody you Everybody can touch him. And he's like walking through the hospital and like totally fine with all people getting up close neat. to him. And yeah, he's like paying for her to be a doctor. Wah, and he's going to be a stay-at-home wah. dad with this baby. And wah. so cute. And then they have tender sex. And she literally says, <laughs> she or he says during this book, I don't know if you caught this line. It was pretty subtle. But he said, Stop. He said, I'm gonna fuck you like a whore. <laughs> Ten times in this book. That line that's 15 the, that's times. That's the line I wrote down. As your favorite, your favorite, I, least favorite line I, of this yes, book. It's my favorite, least favorite. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm like, we get it. We get it. Also, you never did fuck her like a whore. No, never. You tied her up because you have emotional and physical Limit. handicaps and limitations. Yeah. And and, and that's okay. As long as you recognize them, but that doesn't, that's not like how people, I've never had sex with a whore, to be fair. But I imagine that if I was to have sex with a whore and was trying to imply that I was having some sort of dirty or foul or aggressive or, because if you're saying sex like a whore, then you're presumably saying that it's different than a vanilla sexual encounter you'd have with someone you're in love with or something. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would just be, I mean, they just have vanilla sex aside from the fact that she's tied up. Yeah. It's regular. There's so many books I feel like we encounter where it's like they, they try to present as if it's going to be a kinky thing Mm -hmm. and it's all, it's just, it's vanilla with, with this one thing that usually find in kink, but it's not really kinky. It's not really kinky. This was not kinky to me. I think they were trying to do the thing where with energy play with the dominant play, Right. That, but I it missed. But she was not a submissive. But no, and it missed all the marks. Yeah, and and if it was a dominant submissive play, then he literally crossed every line and yeah. boundary of totally. consent and proper protocol. Yeah. That like you know. Yeah. So oh, this was a hard. It was so hard. Such a hard. Can we book. talk about his mom for just like a hot second? Sure. So his mom is like his business partner in this club, and she has a new husband who's like in the police department. He's not that new. I mean, they've been married for a long time, it seems like. So the mom is, like, really nice to her and is like, I'm so happy that my son is, like, you know, falling in love with someone and he's you're the first girlfriend he's ever had and that I've ever met and blah, blah, blah. And so she's, like, really nice, but also, like, she's a really terrible character because she's so mean to his stepsister who was her first husband's bastard child. But I'm like, you hated your first husband. He beat you and your son. So, like, 
why wouldn't you feel some sort of kinship towards this daughter? Yeah. And also, like, you're, like, a grown woman, and this girl is not 12 anymore. Like, she's, like, 25, and your brother, your son thinks of her as a sister. You're a petty-ass bitch. I mean, petty as hell. And then, secondly... Team petty. So, after he beats to death her ex, or her rapist... Yeah. He stalks off into his office, and she follows him to to console him, because you can tell he's upset. <laughs> I, I mean, know. dear listeners, I wish you could see uh, Bridget's face right now. I'll make now. it and we'll post it on Instagram. Huh? Uh-huh. Um, and she, t- she, even though she knows better, she says this in her internal mind, yeah. I knew better, but I thought it would be okay. She touches him and he like whips, her, her. whips around and punches her in the face. Yeah. Knocks her out cold. Which, again, I'm glad he knocked her out cold because sometimes when people get hit and they like build up this, how big this guy is, how strong he is. He's a fighter. He's trained. And then they like don't knock the person out. I'm like... She's probably like 130 pounds. Like if he turned around and, and swung and hit her. her in the face <laughs> yeah. or punched her in the face, she would have dropped down. like a goddamn stone. Oh, which yeah. I'm happy she passed out. Yeah. Not happy he hit her, but happy she passed out. The first thing the mom says when she wakes up is, I told you to let him cool off. I told you to leave him alone. And I was like, bitch, your son just punched her in the face. The fuck? It's not her fault. Are you kidding? <laughs> That is some bullshit. It's, it's weird because I have like, so. When, I mean, it is her fault, but like, it's also like not the time. It's, for the place. it's not, it's just, it's just like tact, right? I yeah. lack, I lack it. So I understand like for me in my brain, it's like, it's like the book has set up these rules that he doesn't like to be touched. Mm-hmm. And then when he's in these extreme anger moments, right. he goes into weird space or whatever, you know? And in this moment, she definitely disregarded all of the, safety mechanisms he put in place and was yeah. like don't cross these lines sure. and then she got face palm right right yeah. down to the floor and yeah. i'm a little bit like i mean i mean one plus one yeah i mean he told you it was gonna happen but i also feel like but i don't feel like the mom needed to come yeah, in i don't think the mom needs to rub it in I, her face i feel like the, the whole getting punched in the face it was enough was enough it was enough and so then he like he's, he's again a terrible hero yeah and he leaves and doesn't come back for weeks no one can find him and she's like searching for him yeah because she feels bad that she was the one who caused him to hit her and i'm like he just beat a man to death that you asked him to leave alone nah no i'm sorry he does not get to have a pity party about accidentally punching you in the face too (laughs) and then the reason she finds him again is because he's beaten almost to death on purpose because it turns out he was chained up yeah and brought to her hospital, and then she magically, magically. keeps him alive oh, yeah. with her voice. He stays oh, away from the I hear your voice, and I'm here for you, babe. Oh, is that your touch? Oh, I can tell it's your touch, even though I'm unconscious and in a coma. I'm <laughs> dead. I'm flatlining, but I know it's you touching me, not the other nurse. And I'm like, oh, it's an angel. That doesn't make sense. They wouldn't let her do any of the medical procedures anyways. Anyways. They wouldn't. <laughs> it's a liability issue. Um, so yeah. the daughter of a nurse. Yeah, so. Anyways, that whole part was just bat shit. A bat shit ice cream <laughs> topping on top of this a shit, shit show. show of a book. Oh my god! And then they had a happily ever after, which I was like, this is not whatever. First of all, did she you left his ass? Did you find the epilogue to be way too fucking long? So long. It was like its own little novel. Honestly, this book was too long in every single direction. Oh my god! And we didn't even get we. Okay, I don't even want to touch on this, but I think we should quickly touch on it and then move on. Her best friend and his best friend Uh have 
They're clearly being set up to be in the, another book yeah. together. Yes. There should be no more books. No, there should be no more books. But it's just such a stupidly written interactions between the two of them. And he's like, I don't know whether to shoot her or have sex with her. And I'm like, probably you should do neither if those are your two yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that's all you could yeah. come up with, And this with, is bruh. even, like, at the end of the epilogue where this baby is now alive. So this is, like, more than a year later. Yeah. And he's still, like, having these, <laughs> I don't know what to do with her. I don't know if I want to, like, shut her up or t- let her keep talking. And I'm like, and the other girl's like, I don't know if he likes me or if, but she's not talking about if she likes him. She's just like, I don't know if he likes me or he hates me. But, like, I want him to put the gun to my head. And I'm like, what is happening? No, no. <laughs> stop. Because I didn't even get to enjoy the subplot romance or like burgeoning romance. I was just like, this is stupid. You set up your friend to be like so independent. And she's like this badass nurse also and like works hard and you guys are smart. And I just can't. I just can't with this book. Shani, I cannot with this book, okay? Yeah. That's all I have to say. Let's just go into our hero and heroine ratings. Mine were both one because I hated this book. Mine were one because that's the lowest increment of measurement that we said in play. <laughs> okay, good. I was going to do zero, and then I was like, I don't I don't think we do zeros. Do we do zeros? No, we don't do zeros. Okay. Also, like, what did you think? Did you think he was a... I thought he was a pussy-ass bitch. <laughs> I said he was McDreary. <laughs> <laughs> please let us know what you think on instagram if you have read this book come chat with us over there and like let's talk about it if you liked it because i will talk about it i need to know i need to know if you liked it realistic i actually want all of you to go read it yeah because i, I know it's gonna be a time suck out of your life but it would really yeah. make me feel good if you read it so that then we could complain so about we could it talk together. shit together yeah there's something like you know like when you watch a bad movie with your homegirl and you cackle at the whole thing totally. it's, it's worth watching that bad movie it's, it's even true. it's a, it's a great experience yeah it's better than some good movies yeah like yeah. i'm enjoying talking shit about this book with okay. you right now <laughs> so let's go to the classy to the nasty um obviously this book was vanilla yeah Aside from the fact that he ties her up, but he's not tying her up for fun or kink. He's just tying her up for safety, for which I'm practical. like practical reasons. And I'm like, that's not hot. That's not hot. And also she doesn't want to be tied up. Yeah. So that's taken me right out of the whole thing. I mean, classy to nasty. This book for me was literally just rapey. Like yeah. it, it, the way he pursues her, Yep. Um, his language was not suave. Nope. Now, at no point... In, in fact, for me... There seemed no reason for her to be wooed. Yeah. For me, I, I a little bit felt like he was not the hero, that there was a really a hero who's really going to come. I in know. The book. Another was, thought I had. Yeah. I yeah. was like, I was like, oh, okay, he's somebody's going to come and knock this guy out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But no, he was the hero. And the way he talked to her, I was like, no game, no suave, overbearing, showing up in places. I mean, I've had that shit Gets happen to me. Gets her fired from her job, shows up at her job unannounced. Says I'm taking you somewhere, forcibly get you in the, in his vehicle. Mm-hmm. These are all. This is kidnapping. Mm-hmm. This is rape. Mm-hmm. This is this is like you know uh, false imprisonment. Yes. This. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can see how heavily I'm nodding at Charlie right now, <laughs> trying not to like talk while she's talking. I mean, yes, yeah, like all of these things. Yes. I literally thought, even though he they they pump him up to have all this machismo, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a pussy ass bitch, and yeah. you know how I feel about Pabs, Bridget. Yeah, I don't like him. Oh, Pabs, Pabs. What a fun acronym. You know, <laughs> that could be a t shirt. You know how I feel about Pabs. You know how I feel about Pabs. Pussy ass bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. 
I'm just like, what yeah. the fuck? Um, I'm going to skip today the skimmer guide to the cookie and nookie because the cookie and nookie is terrible in this book and I don't want you to skim to it or read it. Yeah, not at all. Okay. Um, did you have a favorite line? I mean, it slash was least favorite. The, it was my least favorite that they kept using, which is like, I'll oh, yeah. treat you like a whore. What was Treat you like a princess and fuck you no know, treat fuck you, you like, like a queen yeah treat you fuck like you a queen whore. and fuck you like and fuck you like a whore something like that something like that he's they kept saying it yeah why did it keep saying it? again she used the same lines over and over in this whole book i, I swear um, she something something is going on in her life this author be. because nobody in the comment sections believes that she wrote this book it's like a conspiracy <laughs> um my favorite line of the book and i kid you not this is what i wrote ugh i didn't like this book at all <laughs> and then I chose this one as my le- one of my least favorites because it is showing how rapey he is. There aren't many things in this world I desire, Izzy. It's a short list, and therefore I have plenty of time to dedicate to each item on it. You're now at the very top. And I'm like, she doesn't want to be at the top of your list, bro. She doesn't even want to talk to you. Leave her alone. Let her go on her girl's trip to Vegas, you fucking creeper. <laughs> Then we'll show up at Vegas, and I know exactly where you are. Yeah. How does he know exactly where know. she is? Uh, how does he know what pool party she's at? They just randomly decided on that pool party. Yeah. He was stalking her. You know, and then he's like, oh, well, I'm here for business. And then she, later she's like, you weren't here for business. I'm like, yeah, because he just lied to your face. But then face. he never admits it later. No. It like, feels like he should have. There's just a lot of lying. There's and a lot like, of these stuff. are red flags. Yeah. I mean, if he really likes you... He'll respect your boundaries. Yeah. He'll do some sweeter, less creepy things. Maybe like maybe he, he sends you flowers to Vegas. Yeah. Maybe he gets you VIP table. VIP table. See, I accept that. That would have been a really them. charming thing. Keep, you know? Keep you away from the other people. Yeah. That's, that's what I, see, see, girls think about this. See, I could like, be wooed. I, I, I could be wooed. I could be so wooed. You know, Not by that man, though. If he had shown up in Vegas, no. if my husband sh- showed up to <laughs> Vegas while I was on a girl's trip, I'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? I would be alarmed <laughs> i would be very alarmed and if he said cover up that swimsuit i'd be like oh, oh. no we're about to have a fight in public <laughs> i'm not gonna cover up and wear whatever the fuck i want you they're not even dating we're not even they dating. haven't even dated yet at that point when he's telling her to cover up i'm just like fucking crazy i remember one time i mean this guy was nuts i met this this guy on words with friends and by <laughs> And, and by met, I mean, I had no intention of dating him. Sure. He was just a dude I played words with friends in, with, and, and he was in Canada. Okay. And he would talk to me about all his whole life and things mm-hmm. going on in his life. And I actually didn't give him much information at all. It's words with friends. Just put down your Scrabble word. <laughs> Double word score. <laughs> Let's call it a wrap. And I remember him, like, like falling in love with me over, like, the chat. And literally, I was just like saying things like i see he would say something i'd say i see he's like you're a good listener <laughs> i think honestly some people are so lonely though i mean it had to I be i mean this not i'm not defending this book i no, mean no, in no. general some but people in general are so lonely you know and it was but it was crazy because it went to crazy town very quickly right did he come to la no so what he did is he was like he's like i'm an attorney in canada da, 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 whatever i'm sure in an old like email address i still have like an email or something from him um he's like you should come to canada uh like i'll pay for you to come to canada and you can stay with me and i just feel such a connection with you and i was like what i'm not gonna do what's not gonna happen <laughs> get chopped up in a basement in canada <laughs> in canada right so that and as a girl that's what you think of right you're mm-hmm. like i'm not trying to die in canada where nobody knows where my body is and there's a lot of wilderness in canada and the funniest part about this is that um, I told him, like, I was like, no, I'm not going to Canada. And I was like, next time, like, I'm practical, Bridget. You know me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to offer, 
dear listeners, and I hope that there are some men listening to our podcast, but actually women, you can do this too. If you're going to offer to pay, to fly somebody to where you are, offer to pay their rent while they're gone. Offer to, I mean, we have bills to pay. If I don't work for a month, it doesn't help if you fly me out and pay my expenses at a location if I can't pay my rent at home and my bills and my power bill. <laughs> you got to say, you got to say to somebody, I'm going to pay your bills while you're gone. I'm going to pay you everything here. And you know what? I'm going to give you a little extra change. You want a sugar daddy. Do whatever you I want, want with. Sugar, sugar. You know what I'm saying? Don't be stingy with the sugar. If you're offering sugar, <laughs> give the whole pot of sugar. You know what I'm saying? I always thought that it would be really fun to have a sugar daddy for a while. Like, not forever, but yeah. like, I just thought that it would be like, imagine being like put up in a penthouse and like you have like shopping budgets and i can imagine yeah i can imagine that sounds great (laughs) then i'm like yeah but then you have to like maybe what if you like didn't like him that much that would be like a bummer but oh no um, leo's kind of sugar daddy man i mean he He gives you sugar he gives me sugar (laughs) i mean i don't have a shopping budget i mean i guess i don't not have one i don't know i suppose like like, i could spend more of our money if i wanted to but i don't but you don't (laughs) because you have a family you're building together you know well i'm like i just am not a shopper in general i mean maybe i buy like too many like organizational bins or something (laughs) <laughs> I buy too much mulch for my yard. I don't know, but sh- I mean, a sugar daddy is nice, but you got to give all the sugar. That's you just what, that's just what I'm saying. But, but he's my husband. He's not a sugar daddy. No, he's your it's husband. Not illicit. It's, it's not. Like, it's not. But I mean, we he, signed a literal contract <laughs> together. But he gives you Before sugar. God, he makes sure that any sugar you could want or need, you have that sugar. And that's you're true. like, hey, I can make my own sugar. And he's like, cool, you make your own sugar, but I'm still gonna give you the sugar. That's true. <laughs> and he gives you the good stuff. Not stevia. The high octane. <laughs> that high octane cane sugar. The cane sugar. We're still brown. They haven't bleached it <laughs> But anyway, r- real quick. The words with friends guy. Yeah. When I told him no, uh-huh. basically, he went to a million. He was like, he was, he literally said, um, like, you should come up here. You don't know who I am. Do you know who I am? I work for the most powerful people in Canada. Like, I'm the attorney yeah. for the most powerful mafia in Canada. I was like, yeah, that makes me want to. Yeah, go. that means you know people who know how to bury who my know body. Who know how to bury my body. Yeah. I was like, you are not making your case. He's like, I have so much money. I have this or whatever. I have like, and I was like, I don't, I don't want to. It's not about the money, bro. It's not about I the money, bro. I don't want to go up there. Don't want to go. And now that I know that you have connections with the mafia. I'm definitely not I'm going. I'm definitely not going. Like, you really didn't think this through. Yeah. And you're also an idiot because you didn't think it through. And I'm saposexual. So now. I you really can't. You turned everything off. Yeah. I mean, nothing was ever on, but now it's definitely not going to yeah. turn off. <laughs> yeah. The circuit breaker has been off. <laughs> everything was just off, but off. now the circuit breaker is <laughs> just no, no electricity can go. No, the pole yeah. came down yeah. outside. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I want to talk about my favorite review. Okay. The one thing I don't like about my favorite review is that she gave it three stars, but she hated the book. So I felt like she should have given it one star. She definitely should have given it one star. But... I feel like she hit a lot of good points. So this is Sophia Triad from Goodreads. She says, I have read multiple times and loved all the books by Jodi. It pains me to admit this is my least favorite book by far. Frowny face. I was expecting so much more. While I haven't read all of the other books, it seems like every single review is like, this is my least favorite book. Yes. (laughs) So... She does say, I love the beginning of the book. There's a mystery around Izzy and Theo. Theo's an interesting stalker. My favorite kind. He <laughs> saves Izzy from a dark alley after she's defending a young hooker. After that, Theo seems obsessed with Izzy. Follows her to work. Follows her in Vegas where she went on holiday. He keeps saving her and following her around. He demands dinner with her and her time. And at some point, she decides to have a fling with him in Vegas. Um, and then they go back to their everyday 
life in London. Then everything becomes really messy, out of control, full of unnecessary drama, which I don't normally mind, but in this case, I did not find Leo likable at all. He does one stupid thing after another. He gets her to lose her job. He makes her look guilty in front of her work colleagues as he creates the worst possible scene. He invites her rapist to his club. He punches her in the face by mistake, but still. After she falls unconscious <laughs> on the ground, instead of looking after her and apologizing, he goes and cold-bloodedly kills the man she was trying to stop him from killing in the first place. Then he disappears. Instead of groveling back to her, she looks for him like a madwoman. He never <laughs> tries to make her feel better. He only selfishly tries to punish himself. And the reaction from his mother after Izzy got punched was, I told you to let him calm down, sweetheart. Why didn't you leave him to calm down? Uh, excuse me, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot see him as a broken man who is ready to be fixed. Um, I thought he was needy, selfish jerk. Izzy felt yep. safe when he was close to her, but I couldn't understand why, and it's never justified. If I was in her shoes, I would have got rid of him from the second he cost me my job and reputation. P.S. On the other hand, the love story between their friends, Callum and Jess, sounded really interesting. I would love to read their book. And I'm like, no, no, their love story sounds stupid. Yep. Also, this is a max two-star review, yeah. not three stars. But I still agree with what she said. Well, she did a really great job of summing up all the bullshittery. That's for damn sure. I agree. <laughs> um, this is the one that I found on Audible that I thought was the closest to whatever. So this one is from Scott. Um, I'm assuming Scott sounds like a male name. So that, that's exciting. Yeah. Do we have any male listeners? I would love to know. Um, I would like to start with that I love this author. I have listened to and read almost all her books. This book was very disappointing to me. Izzy White is 90% of the book and only 10% Theo Kane. Too much of her and not enough Theo. Over 15 hours and I could barely finish it. I think they should have done it in half the time to get to the point. Too much of saying the same thing over and over and over. Too predictable. Guessed the whole story before it ended. Not like the other books where it has what you want more of. For me, I just wanted it to end so badly. Sad, sad face. I cannot believe she did or he did all 15 hours. I can't believe I did all 15 hours. Yeah, but you like you double time that shit. So you probably yeah. didn't take you 15. No, it took me about 10. And also we had to for this. Yeah. This book took me forever. Usually I just like whatever day I decide to read, I'll read it that day or I'll read it maybe take me two days or something. I, it took me all week to read this because I would read a couple chapters and be like, fuck, this book sucks. <laughs> and then I'd walk out and tell my husband, Leo, I hate this book I'm reading. And he'd be like, why are you reading it? For the podcast. And he's like, oh, well, just read it then. That's just finish it. And I'm like, shut up, Leo. <laughs> Stop <laughs> talking sense. That's literally, that's literally what my life has looked like. Every time Brendan comes home from work, I'm like, oh, I got to finish this book. And it sucks so bad. And he's like, well, like, why do you got to finish it? It's like, it's for the podcast. Ugh. Well, I mean, you signed up to do the podcast. Shut, Shut up. up. <laughs> Shut up with that common sense Common sense. Shit. Nobody asked for your common sense bullshit. <laughs> Keep yeah. your damn opinions. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, if you want to read some books with, like, kind of that damaged male hero uh, situation, there are really good options. So check out the website and go read them there. I mean, um, don't, Ward. Read, don't read this one. I feel like J.R. Ward's books are damaged heroes. Oh, totally. Every, all of them are They're damaged. And damaged it, do, it doesn't have to be rapey and it doesn't... No. And, and J.R. plays on the border, like sometimes on the borderline of rapey. Oh, yeah. But we play on the borderline. We accept borderline. I accept borderline. But we don't ex accept full... Yes. You, you never go full rapey. No. I mean, good God. The only time... It, I mean, honestly, and I say this again, I've said it before, it only works in paranormal. <laughs> you're right. If their fucking souls had to get bound or some bullshit, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, that's just a fact. Yeah. So here's where it is. 
oh, I wiped her memory as I drank her blood for the third exchange. And you're like, that seems fucked up, but... But it worked. You had to. You had to. You, we know you're going to be happy because your souls are one soul in two bodies. So. Exactly. I think you're right. I, Human I, beings, I though? No. No. I'm sorry. We don't have that. So. No. So if you'd like a book, GR Ward, or we have more recommendations on, on the, the website. Yes. Uh, I did not think this was worth the read. I actually wrote the words, hells no, <laughs> on my notes. I wrote, fuck no. <laughs> okay. Appreciate you. <laughs> So that about sums it up, readers. Hell's yeah. no and fuck no. no. <laughs> so do not read this book. But actually, you could read it and then let us know what you think because... We would love to talk shit with you. We would love to talk shit with you. But really, you should probably just read the other good books that we've been recommending. Yeah. Because this one is definitely a skip. Oof. Definitely a skip. Oof. I mean, that's all there is to say. Until then, may your good books be your lover. And your hand, your best friend. <laughs> We'll see you next time where hopefully the book will be much more enjoyable for us to read. Although perhaps this was a more enjoyable review for you to listen to since we were quite passionate. Mm -hmm. That's quite, not a word. Quite, quite passionate. Quite passionate. Yeah. So come talk to us on Instagram. We yeah. want to hear from you. All right. <laughs> see you next time. See you next time. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.